Hey, what's going on? I hope you are well and are having a good week as always. So on this week's episode of the Welcome to the Metaverse podcast, I wanted to do an update on what is happening with the major virtual worlds across the metaverse. Now, we did something similar about six months ago, which now feels about six years ago, and a lot has changed since then with some new interesting projects coming onto the radar as well. The space has obviously gone more mainstream over that time, and these virtual worlds have also developed uh, with new brands and IPs getting involved. So I thought it would be a good time to revisit them and hopefully this episode can be a good one to send to a friend or colleague if they want the lowdown on where we are at in this space. If you're completely brand new, it's great to have you. I'd maybe encourage you just to jump back to episode two to get a full overview of what the metaverse is before we dive into the specific virtual worlds. And before we get into this episode, the podcast is sponsored by the awesome Every Realm, who are a leader in metaverse innovation, investment and NFTs. They are among the largest owners of digital real estate NFTs in Decentraland, The Sandbox and Axie Infinity to name just a few. Uh, they also recently dropped their collection of GFTs in partnership with Atari, one of the world's most iconic brands. Uh, it's a collection designed for gifting or of course you could keep your GFT for yourself. Uh, and recently they also produced the first ever Metaverse Fashion Week event with some of the exclusive digital pieces available to buy. I'll pop all the links in the show notes. You can also find out more about what else they're up to at everyrealm.com and definitely follow on Twitter at every realm where you'll find a link to their discord too all right then let's get stuck into this week's episode so as a quick recap there is a fundamental difference between the two types of virtual worlds which currently make up the broader metaverse so those that are owned and run by companies and those that are built using blockchain technology and are largely decentralized and owned and governed by the users themselves uh, so let's start with those that are run by companies and we'll run through a few stats uh, later on as well so most notably we have roblox owned by roblox corporation uh, we also have fortnite owned by epic games who we know raised about a billion dollars last year from various investors including sony to build out their future version of the metaverse uh, the specifics of which are still quite tightly under wraps at this stage and uh, then we also have microsoft who of course own minecraft and recently made the major acquisition of activision Blizzard uh, as part of their kind of future metaverse play uh, there's also, of course, Meta and their slate of virtual reality options, uh, which they've been very public about, of course, and are slowly rolling out as well. And then also murmurs of Disney working on a Metaverse offering too, which would clearly make sense for them. Now, at the minute, it's fair to say that um, a couple of these companies or more centralized offerings uh, have the most built out and user friendly experiences, as well as the highest amount of active users. Uh, the numbers, as many of you will know, are pretty staggering. So briefly, and as a general recap, Roblox, for example, has about 202 million users per month. Uh, they make somewhere in the region of a billion dollars per year from in-game purchases. Users buying skins, uh, in-game items, digital fashion for their avatars uh, that users in those worlds uh, value very highly. Uh, Fortnite as well has roughly about 150 million users per month and make a similar amount from in-game purchases. And in total, uh, in fact, $54 billion is spent annually on virtual goods across all worlds and games. So specifically focusing on Roblox and Fortnite for the minute, which are leading the way in terms of user adoption, uh, both of these worlds have user-generated content. 
So the beauty of Roblox, if you've uh, never played or never been into this virtual world before, is that you can use the tools uh, within the world to create mini games or experiences and then play these with your friends or other users online. These experiences that are created by users are also often quite reactive to current trends. So a cool example of this was after Squid Game went massive, people built similar style games in Roblox where you had to complete the games and challenges uh, and lots of people wanted to play them. They were very popular indeed. Uh, Fortnite also has a whole creative mode where users can create similar experiences of all different things. So there's loads of different types of uh, things you can go and play, uh, which other people have created. So things like mazes and escape rooms, uh, there's assault courses that you have to do in certain times or parkour maps where you're kind of jumping uh, between different areas of the world, uh, dungeon runs, mini kind of battle royales, as well as the, the main part of the game of Fortnite, uh, sport-based games and uh, driving games and goes on and on so all these kind of interesting experiences that users have created alongside those there are also big mainstream events as well so famously travis scott and ariana grande uh, have done gigs in fortnite uh, little nas x in roblox 2 and they have been ludicrously successful enabling fans from all over the world who couldn't get to a physical show both because of where they might be based in the physical world uh, but also because you can't get 12 million people inside a physical arena but you can do it in a in a virtual arena inside these worlds and those users were able to experience a, a unique gig inside of these worlds. Travis Scott was reported to have netted around $20 million from his Fortnite shows, the equivalent of doing 10 back-to-back -back physical arena shows in a row. So the numbers, particularly for Roblox and Fortnite, are pretty unbelievable and younger audiences are really valuing both the experiences but also uh, what they uh, buy and their avatars in these worlds as they socialize with their friends. You probably know all this stuff by now, especially if you've been on this journey on the podcast for a little while. But it's also worth pointing out that these events and these experiences inside these worlds are genuinely really fun. They're cooperative, uh, they kind of merge social experiences with gamified elements. So it's no surprise that at the minute, uh, mainly Gen Z, as I say, are hanging out on these platforms more than any other media. It's an immersive, fun way to spend their time and socialize with their friends. It's also worth saying that both Roblox and Fortnite do rewards their creators who pull in the most players to their experiences, uh, but at their kind of own rates. So similar to how maybe Spotify rewards creators on their platform, uh, but with the vast majority of the value going to the company itself, that is their uh, business model or part of it, at least. So that's our for the minute, I think it is a good time to bring up what types of experiences are winning the attention in these worlds. Uh, and it's generally those that have these gamified elements. So we'll talk more about this when we get into the other virtual worlds built on blockchains. But I think uh, this is the sort of mistake that quite a lot of brands and bigger players have made so far entering this metaverse space. Their experiences so far have been a little bit lackluster or very similar to, you know, a regular brand activation at an event or a conference. They're generally sort of, um, you know, a little bit dry and haven't made me want to keep going back to their area of their experience on the land that they own just for the fun of it, which I think is kind of fundamentally key when we look ahead to what these worlds are going to offer in the future. So some better examples of this, so some great kind of brand activations that we've seen in these worlds are things like Nightland in Roblox. So it's definitely worth just YouTubing this uh, and watching some of the kind of game footage if you've if you've never seen this, but this was a brand 
deal that Nike did inside Roblox. And they basically created a gigantic athletics themed theme park inside Roblox, where you could race on a track to kind of win things or go down a massive water slide to collect coins. And then those coins you could use to buy cool digital merch for your avatar. So that gamified experience was fun on its own, almost regardless of Nike and their involvement in it. Obviously, it made sense to be kind of a sporting arena for Nike. Uh, but I think that idea of it being kind of fun and gamified on its own is key. And it's a sort of clue to what experiences are going to win as these uh, virtual worlds build out more. It's also something that today I've not seen Meta do particularly well either. Uh, their current offerings are in VR, but uh, focused at the minute at least around kind of shared working or watching 2D performances together in a 3D world which sounds odd but you're there as an avatar in in 3d but you're generally at the minute watching sort of a 2d screen as if you were in the cinema or something like that so it's kind of cool these experiences exist on oculus at the minute but it feels like they are trying to do sort of the old world in 3d rather than making metaverse first content which i think will be an entirely new entertainment class and something that's much similar to video games rather than just 3d spaces alone facebook or meta are about to roll out their full horizon offering though so uh maybe we'll see what that offers and uh, whether it captures some more of these kind of gamified experiences. Okay, so that's a recap on the virtual worlds run by companies. So why is everyone so excited about the virtual worlds built on blockchain? And then we'll get to some updates on what's been happening in some of those worlds and, and some stuff to keep an eye on as well. So briefly, for anyone who uh, wants a recap or might be new to this space, the main fundamental difference between the uh, virtual worlds built and owned by companies uh, and the ones built on blockchain technology is that blockchain enables true digital ownership and proof of scarcity in the digital world. So we'll go and explain that a little bit more. In the centralized model, so Roblox and Fortnite and the ones that we mentioned run by companies, all the value that either you purchase inside that world, so by buying digital fashion items for your avatar or in-game item, in items, or the value that you create via building games, or even just the time that you spend inside those worlds, the vast majority of that value goes directly to the platform to the companies who have created it, who also own all of your assets within that world as well. So you might own a digital t-shirt, you might have bought it, but you actually don't own it, the companies and these uh, worlds generally do. So you don't, you're not really getting rewarded for your value creation or your participation in the platform, and you don't truly own any of your digital assets. That might not sound like a problem initially, but generally because we are very used to not owning anything on the internet, when actually the kind of time and value we're putting in, uh, really the users are a key to those platforms being big. So with NFTs and virtual worlds built on blockchain, uh, that all changes, and instead they give you, uh, the user, ownership and control of those things that we've mentioned. So for for example, in the sandbox, uh, you can actually own the land in the world yourself. You can go and build something cool on it and sell uh, your NFTs on that land. And if your experience is compelling enough, you own all of that value and that's yours to keep. And uh, rather than going to the sandbox, it goes to you, the user. But the value isn't just for landowners who can afford to pay for the land, which uh, now in many cases is quite expensive. Even as a regular user, uh, you'll be able to go to experiences, uh, likely with play to earn mechanics. So for example, if you're the fastest out of an escape room in the sandbox, one of these 
experiences in this virtual world, uh, you might level up your avatar or earn something for it, uh, which you will own as an NFT. Your avatar will become more valuable, but you own that. So you could potentially sell that to somebody else, or you might win uh, some native currency of the world in the sandbox called Sand, which you can keep or exchange for your own local currency. So all of that value that you're accruing, your time spent in that world, as you level up your character, as you earn things, you keep all of that value yourself. Similarly, as a creator, if you make great experiences in somewhere like the sandbox, uh, you can sell or rent them to people with land who will pay you for that. And on top of that as well, because you are building uh, this stuff on an open blockchain, typically Ethereum, you can also plug into the huge broader ecosystem of NFTs. So for example, say Adidas were to throw an event on their land in the sandbox, which they do own, uh, for people who own their Adidas sneaker NFT. If you have one of those NFTs, maybe you get to attend their experience. You as a user on a separate piece of land, could also build something there, something cool uh, that maybe is related. And you could say uh, everybody who owns that same Adidas sneaker uh, NFT, once you've been to Adidas experiences, I'll let you come over to mine. All you need to do is have that NFT and it enables you to kind of plug into this open system without the permission of the platform itself. So you can kind of build uh, anything you like and welcome anyone as part of that wider ecosystem. So I hope that's clear and that makes sense. But rather than being uh, at the mercy of the platforms and the companies who run these worlds and having to do things by their rules, uh, you can kind of play into this bigger open ecosystem. And the even bigger picture of all of that is that eventually uh, you'll be able to take your digital assets, whether fashion items, avatars, in-game items, across all different worlds uh, built on Ethereum. So from the sandbox, for example, maybe into Decentraland or to Somnium space. And we're not at that point just yet, but this is probably the number one focus in the space and uh, the idea of interoperability between these worlds and an open metaverse. And that is beginning to be solved and ultimately will be as the technology develops. So that is really the compelling argument for uh, virtual worlds built on an open blockchain where you benefit from the sort of network effect of the entire open ecosystem and everybody shares the value and the market decides what experiences are best rather than being inside a walled garden of a centralized virtual world where you have to play by the rules of that company. The upside of the decentralized metaverse for actually everybody involved has the potential to be orders of magnitude bigger than any one company. It's really the effect of the internet versus the effect of a small uh, portion of it. So some big ideas there and uh, some stuff to think about, maybe uh, re-listen to if uh, if that sounded a little bit complicated at first, but this is really what is so exciting about it and that everybody who participates can kind of keep their own value uh, for themselves, which is an exciting prospect. However, it's also worth being clear that the technology is still very much in an early phase. So I like to say we're in the Nokia 3310 or Sony Ericsson Motorola sort of mobile phone phase where everything was still a little bit clunky not everything kind of talked to each other perfectly and the user experience wasn't the best and it is also rife for early competition as well so we're at that kind of early stage and uh, you know but then a few years later sort of smartphones changed the world and I think it will be a similar trajectory here of uh, kind of the same adoption of technology as it becomes easier to use and uh, everybody can be involved in a simpler and more user-friendly way. All right, so that's a bit of background there and let's dive into the decentralized 
virtual worlds and see what's been happening. So we'll start with Decentraland, which currently has about 300,000 registered users and about 18,000 daily active users. One of the most famous lands, you may well have heard of it if you're into this space, no doubt. And since we last covered it, the immediate user experience is already a lot better, I would say. Uh, it now has a clear guide of interesting places to visit, which is uh, easily accessible and current and upcoming events uh, and a whole load of more stuff as well. So that was always a little bit of a block for me where you just sort of had to either randomly go in on the map or try and find a specific link from the events page to, to jump into those coordinates inside Decentraland. So this update I think is really cool to see and it's worth jumping back into that world. Uh, it definitely makes the experience uh, much easier. Uh, that said, and we know this is because it's being built in real time and the project is developing, but the actual experience is still fairly clunky. Uh, I've got a pretty decent laptop and it still sort of takes a while to, to do anything, um, but we know that's because it's early and there's lots of cool examples of things that are happening and things to get excited about. And I'm sure as time goes on, that experience, no doubt, like any technology gets uh, easier and easier to use. So probably the biggest event to date that we've seen in Decentraland uh, is the well-known Decentraland Metaverse Festival. Now we've covered this before so I won't go fully into it again here but it was a very cool virtual festival with five stages over four days including a VIP backstage area for certain NFT holders and some major artists performing as well. And you can still go in and explore the area where that festival took place and get a feel for what is there which definitely gives you sort of a sense of uh, scale and perspective about what is possible so worth diving into that area and just checking it out I think is useful to do. More recently we've also seen some interesting brand activations from the likes of Miller Lights Meta Bar. So they sort of created this bar, a social hub to meet others and hang out for the Super Bowl. And I think they did a good job. It was a cool experiment. Uh, they had some gamified elements within this bar, like having to find the golden pint in the bar and a chance to have your real football celebrations paid for by doing a virtual cheers for real beers was the campaign which they had, which I thought was cool. So you could cheers people in the virtual world and maybe uh, win the cost of your uh, party at home, essentially. Uh, they also had some arcade games which you could play, a vintage jukebox and nft wearables so i definitely think this was uh, the right idea and a good sort of initial experiment uh, maybe not using the sort of full potential of the metaverse very much a recreation of the physical world sort of virtually rather than something kind of natively cool in the metaverse but uh, a good example a good early example of the types of things being done and uh, i thought it was fun and cool and very early as we say so all of this is kind of early adopter stuff there are also continued um, regular events from sotheby's the famous auction house and definitely a broad array of user-generated events as well. So many of these are supporting good causes, which was cool to see as I looked through all the events pages. And that feels like a good use for a 3D space, I think, being able to bring people in and educate them on interesting or important topics rather than just get lost amongst you know, a constantly changing social media feed. That's definitely the benefit of doing something in an immersive world is that you can uh, yeah, really connect with people in a much better way. Potentially one of the coolest additions of late into Decentraland was the Viceverse HQ. So uh, Vice have created a pretty stunning headquarters. It was built by an award-winning architecture company, so it looks amazing. It's one of the best builds in Decentraland. Uh, there's some rolling metaverse news inside there, wearables that will be dropping soon, and just generally a cool organization to have a hub inside the metaverse. So that was nice to stumble upon as well. Arguably the most active areas at the minute in Decentraland are still the Vegas district and casino districts, which is partly just humans being humans, but also I think because they have repeatable working games on offer, which 
which kind of speaks to that reason of wanting to come back again and again. No doubt other areas will add gamified elements within their parcels, not just uh, casino games, but just fun uh, general games. Maybe you'll be able to win uh, NFTs and other prizes, I think, help keep people coming back. Okay, so let's move on to the sandbox where we've seen some big mainstream moves recently. And the sandbox, for anyone who doesn't know, is a voxel-based virtual world, meaning the appearance is a quite simple sort of blocky style, uh, one that has been very popular for a long time. So they have an interesting approach in that they are part curating what the world is going to look like by doing official IP land sales on areas of their map. Uh, so you can go on their site, you can see the map and see all the sort of different IPs and who owns certain areas of the land. Now, I like this approach. I think it seems like they're aiming for some sort of coherence in the world with different areas of the map that will be focused on specific purposes or, or specific districts. So entertainment or perhaps, you know, a certain age group or, or theme. And it kind of makes sense coherent on the map which is cool to see and likely these major IPs will be where the first footfall of users head to when they first arrive in the game once the platform launches publicly likely later this year so from those initial IPs there will then be user created experiences surrounding them for people who've bought the land or people who are making games and uh, want to implement them on other people's lands so the best of those experiences those user generated ones will sort of draw the spillover of users from the bigger IPs and likely many of those uh, user generated pieces of content games experiences will be huge in their own right uh, so that's going to get really interesting i reckon we'll chat more about some of their ips in just a second but i think it's also useful to uh, actually know how the transport system is set to work in the sandbox as that kind of helps it all make sense and it's quite different to decentraland so in decentraland you can teleport anywhere and you can jump into a certain set of coordinates by clicking a link from a website decentraland uh, at the minute is browser based so you just jump into a certain set of coordinates and there you go you're inside the world. The sandbox, however, has more of a sort of subway style system. So to begin with, from what they've said, the main portals in the world will exist inside the big official IP and sandbox lands. So these portals will sort of act as kind of main uh, subway stations within the world. So you'll go to one of those and then from there you can walk around and explore inside that IP land or wander through neighboring lands uh, just by walking on foot. They have said they will build out that portal system, but the fastest way to travel around the sandbox will likely be via these sort of main subway stations, so to speak. Uh, hence why when you look on the map of the sandbox, uh, you'll see uh, owners on their site and the land surrounding these big IPs is uh, generally premium and a little bit more expensive, as likely you'll receive more footfall being positioned next to these sort of major IPs, but also these major portals or subway systems within inside the world. So the sandbox now have over 200 partner IPs. So some of those include Atari, Shaun the Sheep, the Smurfs, Care Bears, Dead Mouse, Steve Aoki, Rollercoaster Tycoon, Hell's Kitchen, The Walking Dead, Pororo, which is a big Korean kids brand. And then more recently, Snoop Dogg, who also dropped a set of avatars this week for the sandbox, which have already done about $3 million in secondary sales alone, which is pretty crazy. Uh, we also saw Adidas enter, of course, a Warner Music being another major entrance and a big moment. Uh, Ubisoft now too, along with Gucci and some cool stuff from uh, native crypto and NFT side of stuff as well. So Every Realm with their Fantasy Island project and collection of accompanying NFTs. Uh, Jardu, who are an awesome AR company, and they've released a set of NFT jetpacks and hoverboards where you can fly and hover around the sandbox, or you will be able to, which is cool. Cyberkongs, another big project, have a big plot. Metakey, Yield Guild Games, Pranksy, and a load of others as well. We also quite recently saw the sandbox open temporarily for the public to experience during their alpha hub phase. 
so there were limited experiences on offer and some additional ones for Alpha Hub Pass holders. But the feedback was great and the experience worked really well. And it got people sort of very excited about what is to come. I had a little go during the Alpha Hub season and it was it was just a fun experience and it worked really, really well. Uh, so we're actually seeing season two of that happening again soon, just around the corner in their words, but no official dates just yet. And as we've mentioned in previous episodes, uh, you can also download the Game Maker for the Sandbox, where you can begin to build gamified experiences uh, with no coding knowledge required. And even if you don't own any land, you can still uh, build experiences. And I think that is a real strength of the Sandbox and sort of speaks to the successful models of Roblox and Fortnite, i.e. making it easy to uh, have user-generated content and make it easy for people to create their own experiences. So uh, you can also already play other people's submissions of games and experiences uh, on the game maker uh, so that gives you a good feel of of what is possible there as well there's also the vox edit program for creating voxel assets which you can go on to sell on the marketplace and the avatar program uh, all of which are free to download and use so i think the sandbox are in a really strong position both being one of the first to market or will be soon uh, with a great user experience and a world that makes it easy for users to create games and experiences themselves uh, so I, I think personally it's like to be very successful even if it is simpler in style and isn't setting out to become a sort of full realized vision of a hyper realistic metaverse but neither is that their real sort of intention at least at this stage all right so let's move on to another very exciting blockchain virtual world called wilder worlds it's one that we didn't cover previously but is very much that vision of a super realistic ready player one future it's very ambitious, but it's being built by some of the best artists in the world. So for anyone who doesn't know, it's currently in private beta, and it was founded by Frank Wilder, who's a renowned and very well-respected 3D artist. It's also been worked on by uh, over 70 full-time creators, and some of the most well-known and respected artists from around the world who have all formed a guild of artists together. So in their own words, they are bringing the world's top artists together to collaborate on stories, characters, landscapes and environments, building a metaverse that is far more ambitious than any single artist could create on their own. And thankfully, it's not style over substance either. They've uh, instead partnered with some of the biggest credible companies in this space. Uh, so people are very excited about what is to come for Wilder World. Now, the world itself is being built on Unreal Engine 5 for VR, which enables this photorealistic experience that really does have the potential to be next level immersive, like something we've never seen before. Uh, they also have their own social platform, uh, trading marketplace, and have released some of the most high-end premium NFTs to date. So their first drop was Wilder Wheels, which I'll link to in the show notes and gives you a good flavor of the quality of the kind of thing they're putting out. So uh, these are fully customizable car NFTs that will also be drivable inside the world. Uh, they're also, they've also announced uh, Wilder Kicks, which are a digital sneaker drop. Uh, the 3D renders of these sneakers also look amazing as well. Uh, cribs, aka apartments and land are coming too. And recently pets, which will be the next drop for Wilder World. So for the world itself, they are starting by building a one-to-one -one replica of the city of Miami called Miami, which will host events, have social hubs, and also ongoing gamified quests and heists uh, that you can team up with uh, with your friends to participate in uh, almost at any time. They've also mentioned that if you're brave enough, you can even race your NFT cars for pink slips, uh, i.e. go head-to-head -head against another user in a street race. If you win, you win their NFT car, and if you lose, then they get yours. So it feels like a slightly less extreme version of almost GTA, but as a free roaming virtual world uh, built on blockchain by some incredible artists, very much with the focus of benefiting creators and putting them first. 
So I don't think we'll see any big sort of mainstream brand deals with uh, typical brands in this world unless it's with individual creators or NFT native projects or brands that are already well loved in this space. So it's, uh, it's quite a grassroots project, but also is super ambitious and uh, yeah, it's really, really exciting. Okay, on to the next one. And of course, I wanted to also talk about Somnium Space. And we had uh, the CEO, Arta, on the podcast not so long ago. So you might enjoy that episode if you want to dive in deeper and learn all about exactly what Somnium Space is. But as a very quick catch up, uh, it's another virtual world built on blockchain, but also built from the ground up for VR. And it has an impressive working product uh, that is out now. You can go and experience it and a really strong community behind it as well. In some ways, it's almost a little bit ahead of its time at the moment as VR hardware uh, is only just beginning to go mainstream. We saw Oculus outselling Xbox for the first time last year, uh, but you can also experience Somnium Space uh, from a PC too, or even browser and on, on mobile as well now. So I really love what they're doing there. I think this team are awesome and uh, it's amazing that they have a working product of this scale and the fact that they do sets them quite far apart from many other virtual worlds. So it's cool to be able to actually go and experience that. Uh, we've seen some really cool events there uh, of late as well. Uh, SC Sessions doing a Guinness World Record record attempt freestyle rapping for 40 hours straight which was uh, unbelievable uh, every realm also have a building for their academy and tuition classes which i think is a great use case uh, so people who are enrolled onto their metaverse tuition course can hang out and meet each other there and i think that shared goal especially around kind of education where you want to discuss ideas with people from around the world or have somebody talk or demonstrate something to you in vr is a cool example of one of the ways that vr will get utilized naturally anything involving sort of 3d models or architecture or you know medicine or training on machinery or running simulations in real world scenarios uh, will be most effective in VR for sure. So I feel like there'll be a big sort of industry use case there as well. Somnium Space also benefited from the explosion in land prices after the meta announcement, like many other virtual worlds. So the floor on a, a small plot uh, at the minute is about 3.4 ETH currently. And uh, we've also seen the addition of spaces, which uh, let you build a whole new sort of mini world that you can portal to, which is a uh, cool, unique addition for Somnium Space. I do think ultimately that the metaverse is going to be immersive in VR or at least the richest experiences will be. So Somnium Space certainly lets you experience that whilst owning all of your assets in a decentralized way, which is very cool. Also, if you want the most relaxing experience, you can head down to the beach and get on a kayak across the water in Somnium Space, uh, which is very, very cool. So it's definitely positioned as that immersive experience that no others quite have it in the same way just yet. Okay, let's move on to Artifact Space Pods, which is a slightly sort of different proposition, but we've mentioned Artifact Studios many times on the show before as a, a major player in this space. Uh, they are a digital fashion brand who are defining the sort of new metaverse culture, combining digital fashion and gaming. And I did a dedicated episode on their story a few months months back if you want to know the history of uh, the founders and kind of how they came to be and at the end of last year uh, they also got acquired by Nike which was obviously a huge deal in the space. So recently we've seen Artifact uh, airdrop space pods to holders of their Clone X avatars. Now space pods and their additional loot pods uh, which have been airdropped since are fully customizable 3D rooms where you can showcase your NFTs and the wider community have also been designing lots of cool kind of add-on things so uh, their own skins for these 3D spaces that kind of wrap the whole space
space in a cool design and various other add-ons uh, which have become a really key part of the whole artifact ecosystem and that is one of the coolest elements of uh, this offering and also shows sort of the power of building on blockchain and this open technology so the really dedicated artifact community have been creating all these amazing items for people to have inside their pods the skins as we said and even kind of unique uh, rooftop creations that can add on to your pod as well so this has all created a huge splash on socials and uh, their community are you know partly what are making that brand so valuable uh, whilst everybody is sharing in that upside so that's kind of the beauty of this sort of blockchain model that we're seeing and although the space pods aren't strictly sort of digital real estate in the traditional sense they are limited edition spaces that artifact themselves have said will go on to have additional functionality including a sort of multiplayer element so you'll likely be able to kind of portal to other people's apartments in the metaverse and kind of hang out and view all their stuff in there which is very cool we're yet to see the sort of full vision of what they're building but it's pretty uh, widely agreed that artifacts are one of the brands at the sort of forefront of the space and whatever they're cooking up will likely be pretty special. And compared to other virtual lands plays, the space pods and loot pods are currently sitting at a much lower entry point, uh, and they're definitely an interesting one to keep a close eye on as well. And lastly, I did want to also mention a project called Nifty Island as an interesting point of difference when it comes to digital real estate. So Nifty Islands are another blockchain virtual world in development at the moment with an early alpha release coming this year. And their main focus is on making a virtual world that is very accessible to everyone, uh, both in the style as a sort of relatively simple, low poly uh, appearance to the world, but also more importantly in terms of the land, as I mentioned. So instead of having limited virtual land like we've seen in other worlds, in Nifty Islands, anyone can actually claim their own island for free. So the economic value will be focused on who can create the best experience and draw the most footfall to their islands uh, rather than who can buy and afford the uh, potentially expensive real estate in that world. So an interesting alternative model. And they're taking some of the elements of uh, more game focused virtual worlds. So uh, they, for example, will have a playground mechanic, which will enable users to build games and quests on their islands and earn from them. But their real focus, as I say, is on the entertainment element as opposed to the scarcity of the land. So obviously we could go on diving into many more virtual worlds, that is not an exhaustive list, uh, but for the moment they are the ones that generally are either the most well developed or are getting the most attention. So I hope that was a useful roundup and we'll continue to check in as major announcements happen across all these virtual worlds and the space as a whole. Uh, and as always I love chatting to you so do reach out at Metaverse Luke on Twitter or you can head over to metaverseluke.substack.com to follow all the NFT drops that I'm watching closely. Uh, thank you very much to Every Realm for sponsoring the show as well make sure you follow them at every realm on twitter and uh, everyrealm.com uh, thank you so much for your support and all your reviews as well they really really help so uh yeah really appreciate it and have a great rest of the week and i will catch you for the next episode